Hello, and welcome to the Fit Fathers Podcast, Episode 2. In today's episode, Rob and I will be discussing willpower and discipline, and how to best use both of those things in your fitness journey. We'll also talk a little bit about unreasonable aesthetic expectations you may have got from social media or from entertainment media, and why that's a bad idea to fixate on. Thank you very much for joining us. Hope you enjoy the episode. Makes sense again. Um, okay. So, how are you doing this weekend? Yeah, good. Pretty good. Um, so, I thought this would be an interesting topic actually because I've just watched um, my team, um, and that would be shocking to me that I just did that a few years ago. Um, I just watched my team win the FA Cup, which is like um, the domestic cup competition, like a knockout cup in football. And when I say football, I'm meaning soccer, although I, I detest using that word. Um, which is Arsenal. Um, they've just won it for the 14th time. Um, and I'm just finding it really interesting how much less it's meaning to me than it would have done or than it has done in the past when I've, I've watched my team. Um, I used to be diehard. And it's yep. just interesting to me how priorities have changed um, in my life as I've gotten older and as my life has changed and um, I've become much more interested in health and fitness and um, improving myself and much less interested in taking some of that glory of someone else's achievements and somehow trying to bask in the reflected glory of it, of which I used to do. Uh, I'm I just finding that interesting. I'm not really sure what I'm going with, uh, where I'm going with this, but um, it's just something I've noticed about myself as I've gone on this kind of a self-improvement journey as, um, you know, having kids come into my life, um, that, that is, has become so much less important to me um, than it used to be. But it was still cool to watch that. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But like, I haven't watched much at all this season. But yeah, that, that's what my day today has mainly involved. How about you? Uh, well, actually, uh, highlight of the day for me probably so far is my wife's second cousin uh, is out visiting, uh, and I walked him through an entire uh, workout in the gym. Taught him how to overhead press. Oh, cool. Taught him some how to use the dumbbells for dumbbell bench press. Uh, some some other uh, accessory exercises that'll help him out. And tomorrow I'm going to teach him how to deadlift and, and probably uh, some, some rowing, stuff like that. That's really cool. Yeah. How old is he? Uh, let's see, he's 13. He, oh, he's wow. a big 13 year old. Like he's a big yeah. kid. He's, he's as tall as me already. Yeah. So he's going to be like a big guy. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of fun. Like uh, I wish somebody had done that for me when I was that age. You know, had taken that time to to walk me through this stuff. It would have would have paid huge dividends down my life. So that was good. Yeah, I mean, getting into that when you're young. I actually, I I was into stuff when I was younger. Like when I was, I think I was 12 when I I started doing push-ups in my room and sit-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, and we had like an old metal iron. I don't know why we had it. I think it was like an old antique that my dad had kept. Um, it was the type which you you heat it up in the fire. Um, and then you iron your clothes with it, um, <laughs> like like a proper a, actual, an iron, which is actually a solid lump of iron. Um, and I guess they didn't put it in the fire; they would put it on top of the stove. Yeah, it sat on top of the stove, right? And then your your wood burning or whatever your gas stove, yeah, whichever yeah. one, and it heats up really, really hot. And then yeah, I've seen those. I, I I've seen a few people have them. In fact, 
I have a I have a wood burning stove in my basement that we have never used since we moved here, and it has a yeah, it really is. I just you know you got to buy the wood and everything, and I just I haven't bothered. Um, I should though. I should buy a bunch of wood. I've been meaning to. Uh, the and it has one of those kettles, the old school kettle sitting on top of it. Same idea. I'm like, that is so awesome. It makes you think about how uh, people used to do everything, right? I have an like I use an electric kettle, but um but even there's no running hot water for example people would have to boil the heat in their own house like that yeah yeah and uh when i was a kid nobody had electric kettles either or hardly anybody did um you you had to do it on the stove yeah right it's crazy how, how much we, we have now that is more convenient and we take for granted but yeah that was my gym uh was that one iron um and my body weight so i was i was doing push-ups uh bicep curls shoulder press uh, lateral raises all with the same weight um which is not very efficient um and then i stopped when i reached about age 15 i stopped and then didn't pick it up again for another 10 years and then i went, went and did it properly in a gym but yeah from the age of about 12 to 15 i built a little bit of muscle but nothing nothing major because i didn't have the best guidance knowledge or equipment but but yeah that was that was what i used to do imagine if you'd have imagine if you'd have had a coach and you'd have just stuck with it all this time we're just imagine right i I often think about that actually yeah i i just think like when i was like 14 or 15 even if somebody had had taught me how how to how to do you know any of this stuff i just i wonder how that would have paid down the road into my life i mean i was an active kid too like i i shouldn't i shouldn't act like i wasn't i mean at one point uh there was a couple of years there where i was you know i was in a swim club and I was swimming four or five days a week in the morning. Like, you know, we had a coach and we, we, you know, we sprinted and we did all the different, all the different strokes and, and like, I was in good shape and everything. And then in the winters I would cross country ski too. So it wasn't like I wasn't, but just, I, I just wish I had been in the weight room instead (laughs) because I would have stuck with that. I think. And um, I actually went to I went to university um, in Loughborough, which is um, not a well-known place in England. It's in Leicestershire, which is I guess Nottingham would be the nearest city that people listening to this, most people listening to this, might recognise. Um, and they had a, that's actually the like university of central importance, the like centre of excellence for sport. Mm. Um, not that I was there to do sport or anything sporting related, but they had a gym there, um, which I never saw the inside of while I was while I was studying there. And I've seen pictures of it since, and it's the most amazing gym I've ever seen. Like huge and just the best equipment and loads of it. Um, and I re- and and also for students, uh, people studying there, it was like a hundred pounds for a year membership. It was just like something not, that was that's nothing really, um, considering what you're getting. Yeah, I really wish I could have used it. Uh, oh. but, yeah four years four years you were right there (laughs) yeah yeah i same thing like i mean i remember the university gym was pretty decent at my university and i mean it's not it wasn't anything special but it was pretty good i a friend took me in once i think we did a whole bunch of leg press and i couldn't walk for like three days that that's about what i remember but uh i i never really took much advantage of it i think the only sporting equipment i took advantage of at the university while i was there for the entire time was uh, I used the squash courts a bunch. Okay. That was that was about it. 
uh so bit of a waste really because that's yeah. that, that was all i did it's too bad <laughs> it's one of those things i would have happily gone back in time and redo a few few things and that's definitely one of them when i was at university i should have taken advantage of all that wonderful equipment and that was i think at the I think at the time it was it was either included with my tuition or like you said the the fee to be a member no I'm, I'm sure it was included when i first started because i dropped in for some visits and i'm sure i didn't pay anything so yeah that's pretty good yeah um i guess all we all we can do now is try to guide our kids um, <laughs> and try to make them listen but i think everyone must think that because and not have that much luck because i'm sure i would have been guided to do or, or like try to have been guided to do more things um and when you're a kid you kind of you think you know you know your own mind and you know what's best for yourself and you don't you can't really force kids to do stuff um if they, unless they really want to do it in my opinion once they get to a certain age they kind of you know it's up to them if they want to do something or not yeah all the more reason to show them the good stuff early on when they're impressionable and they haven't made up their minds about everything but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, today we should talk about uh, we should talk about nutrition because uh, that's what the questions seem to be. It's like uh, you know, general guidance around nutrition uh, with lifting, and then uh, a more specific question that I saw was, you know, how to how to sneak a little more protein into my diet and not get bored doing so. Uh, so I think those would be some things I know you could help with. Is you've got these masterful uh, recipes with all the uh, classic, all the classic bodybuilding stuff, but reimagined with flavor <laughs> in your cookbook. Yeah. Like your the chicken, the the uh, prosciutto uh, wrapped chicken breasts are absolutely my favorite. I, yeah, I've seen. <laughs> just I've I can eat that every week. Every week I can eat that. Yeah, I believe you said it's hard to get excited about. Um, <laughs> eating a chicken breast that hasn't been prepared that way now yeah yeah for sure just yeah. see just seasoned or something or you know i to I be actually, fair there is one other way i like them and that's like just absolutely coated in parmesan cheese and breading and all that yeah. but the thing is like you know your protein your protein to total energy ratio kind of goes right kind of defeats the whole purpose of eating a a skinless chicken breast if you're gonna uh, bread it and a pound of cheese. I guess you could have just eaten chicken thighs, or and, and you probably would be coming in around the same protein to energy ratio. But um, one thing I do actually on that note, before I discovered the other ways of cooking chicken breast, this is a lazier way: um, is you just get the chicken breast, trim off the little nasty bits on the edge if you want, and then um, I just cover it in like a a jar, well, not a whole jar, but like. You know, the, I assume you can get them, like little jars of ready-made seasoning. It's like Cajun seasoning or jerk seasoning or mm -hmm. Chinese seasoning. And just choose whatever one of those you like and just cover the chicken breast in it, roast it in the oven. There, there you go. You haven't added, you ha added nothing in terms of calories with that seasoning. And you're still getting all the protein. You know, it's, I do that a lot. If I'm on a cut and I'm try trying to um, come in under... The calories I've, I've set for myself like say i've had a breakfast and a lunch that were kind of a bit too much one thing i'll do is uh, just eat the chicken two chicken breasts um for dinner like that um, and that easily gets me back on track in terms of protein because that'll be close to 100 grams 
um, if they're large chicken breasts. And then I just fill the rest of my plate with broccoli, which yep. I don't even count because, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to be like 30, 40 calories worth of broccoli or something, you know, meaningless, especially yeah. as the fiber content is high as well. So, yeah, I just I just usually pick the Cajun seasoning. Um, and that's really easy and it's so um, so simple. It doesn't take any time at all. They just bang it in the oven, come back in half an hour. So that's that's one thing I do for, for protein. And then um, the other one is mixing. Which you, you actually got this biggest one up from you. Um, I tried it before and never really worked. Um, and I tried it again with a different protein powder and different yogurt. But um, the skier, which is um, an Icelandic yogurt, yep. you can do it with any yogurt. You can also, um, I, I like the skier because it's already got a high protein content uh, for yogurt and then just mix in protein powder um and that's really nice it's, it feels like you're eating a dessert um, yep. but you're getting like mostly protein um in the calories pretty good what about you that would have been my like one of my my favorites is taking uh, i like that brand but i also like a couple of others pretty similar um any kind of high quality high protein greek yogurt and then it doesn't i find it doesn't even have to be the very um the very good protein powder, you know, certain protein powders mix better than others. If you do it in advance and you stir it up really good and then you just like leave it in the fridge a couple hours, it just, it blends so much nicer. It just smooths right out. And that's a really good one. Uh, if you, if you mix the protein powder in well in advance of eating it, it almost doesn't matter which protein powder you use. And okay. didn't know that. And for chicken breasts, I like your trick. Um, my my favorite seasoning is that uh, uh, what's it called? It's Creole seasoning. It was recommended to me by uh, a mutual uh, follow on on Twitter, and it's great overall seasoning. It's cheap. It tastes really good. Um, usable on all your proteins. I I also use it to just on on simple reverse sear steak. If I'm in a hurry, I want to I want some steak uh in, you know in the next day i don't have time to do anything fancier i'll just really like coat it really good in in the creole seasoning put it in the fridge till the next day and then do a reverse sear really good really tasty sounds, sounds really good and you've just reminded me that um tomorrow um i'm going to a barbecue uh, which is at my sister's house um and i'm bringing like a, a big thing of beef a big joint of beef um and i need to season it um but it's it's one of i mean this might not seem special to a lot of people but over here all people ever do on the barbecue is just like burgers and sausages and maybe maybe a bit of chicken um and they often burn it <laughs> but um i've got this thing about barbecues because i actually my first job uh was as a, basically a barbecue salesman um, that's and, actually interesting um, I, I got I learned some quite advanced techniques which was really cool they sent us on like cooking schools with barbecues um, and um, I still enjoy using a barbecue to this day um, I like to do like a leg of lamb and stuff um, yeah so I'm looking forward to doing that tomorrow um, which should be good I'll post a picture um, nice. and uh, just going back to the the whey protein thing um, I like using what is marketed as diet whey which is worth mentioning worth explaining a little bit because it's a little bit misleading um some people think that oh this is diet whey protein um so therefore if i drink this i'll get shredded or if um i don't know they think if this is better for me or something uh, when really all it is it's a whey isolate so it's had everything else removed um 
it's just the yep. just the isolated whey protein part of the shake whereas a lot of other shakes have other things added into them um so it's a leaner protein powder with not much else in there um i get one which is like almost 90 percent of the calories is coming from protein which is great um, and that's all it is but it's not going to make you get shredded unless you know if you're, if you're not in a calorie deficit um which unfortunately some people believe and that used to be me um i don't know if i've told the story already uh, but the first time i ever saw someone who was really lean in the gym um i was absolutely amazed and um i couldn't understand how they were so ripped and like you could see all the different muscles and stuff you know which obviously i, I know how, know now how they do it but back then i thought it was because he was using lean protein shakes and lean protein bars um, like so he could build all that lean muscle rather than fat muscle which is not a real thing you can't build fat muscle um you can just build muscle and then whether whether you have fat as well or how much extra fat you have determines how lean you look but anyway one of my many newbie mistakes oh yeah for sure i used to think there was some kind of difference between lean muscle and and muscle muscle <laughs> whatever that, that it, people still talk about lean muscle you'll still see uh, marketing materials and and websites and and blog pages and stuff where they're like and you need to build some lean muscle if there's any other kind like it that's like saying wet water like yeah doesn't make any sense exactly. it's, it's just it's bullshit to baffle people um to make it more complicated make it seem like there's more mystery than there actually is um yeah the uh the barbecue salesman thing i love that uh i have a kind of a similar thing it's uh i i was in restaurants and other uh food service for a long time and one of the places that i managed was a breakfast restaurant uh, from a popular chain and i mean not everything there was was you know what i would consider ideal food practice but one thing i did learn how to do was to cook every kind of egg you know on the fly by order so I'm, I'm a pretty good breakfast cook for that reason uh you know i can i can say to somebody when when they're visiting like how do you like your eggs and it really doesn't matter what the answer is because i can do it uh so that that's, that's it's one cool. of those skills that you know i i left I, I left that job so long ago but that skill that they taught me carried through to life and has been valuable forever that's a very useful skill um and i know you've got you've got your own hens now and you you know you <laughs> collect your own eggs in the morning and cook them, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, and you do make use of that quite a lot, whereas I think everyone knows. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> but, sure. Um, I actually um, haven't, it's only recently, uh, and I mean like in the last year or maybe two, somewhere between one and two years, I've actually started eating a lot of eggs. Um, and I wish I'd done so sooner, but yeah. I used to believe all the stuff um, about them eating a lot of eggs being unhealthy. Um, and I also used to believe all the stuff about eating a lot of red meat being unhealthy um, and I think um, I, I, I don't know the, the research on this um, well enough to quote things but pretty sure um, the study which everyone used to demonize red meat um, was basically the study where people didn't eat much red meat six out of a thousand people developed colon, colon cancer or colorectal cancer and in the one where they did eat red meat it was seven so a really insignificant difference it was something like that where you couldn't say for sure by any stretch of the imagination that eating more red meat led to led to more cancer yeah but so, yeah on both those things i'm deciding to to you know roll the dice and eat loads of that stuff which is great 
Yeah, and then you know what they do in those studies, then they say something like, uh, I, I'm just going to my, off my head, but, but what is that, like a 16% difference or something? Oh, I guess it'd be, yeah, it'd be about 16, 17% difference. And they'll say, eating red meat increases your chance of, of getting colorectal cancer by 17%. But what they don't tell you is it's 17% more of an extremely tiny figure, right? Yeah. Uh, so then they terrify you into thinking that's some sort of giant risk you're taking with your life. And what they don't say is, okay, so you, you're 17% less likely to get colorectal cancer, assuming this is even a, a good study and that the information is even accurate. But but at what cost, right? You, you've foregone all the nutrition that you normally get from red meat and you have to chase that down somewhere else. And probably uh instead of getting colorectal cancer you know you're getting sarcopenia and maybe anemia and who knows what else because you yeah. didn't eat the proper nutrition anymore because you were afraid of getting cancer uh yeah, so exactly. people really need to i mean if you if you're getting your nutrition information from uh, mainstream media sources please stop because their job is to scare you and, and to scare you into buying some product you don't need really at the at the end of the day and i think that's a whole that's a whole significant part of where people get their bad information and why everybody's so confused about what to eat is that they they read blog articles that were posted on major sources of media that are put out by a journalist who didn't understand the original information in the first place or who doesn't care and the original information that they cite, it was uh, provided by biased interests that want to sell something. So yeah. it was suspect in the beginning anyway. Yeah, uh, the study was only ever, ever, only ever went ahead because someone wanted to find a certain result. Um, and yeah. that was how it got, they got the funding. Yeah, it's the same way that cigarettes were healthy for 30 years or 40 years, you know, yeah. because cigarette companies paid someone to come up with a bogus study that said that the cigarettes were healthy. And then they turned around and got their, their uh, media sources to push that message. So uh, I think people just need to bear that in mind. Um, eggs got demonized forever. Like we were just talking about, um, you know, I eat a lot of eggs, but I, I didn't, I didn't always do that. Um, I mean, I ate eggs all throughout my life, obviously. And I always, didn't really honestly care if they were healthy or not, but that was back when I didn't care if anything was healthy or not. I started eating a lot more eggs around the time that I was, you know, I was lifting and I needed more protein and I needed more nutrition. And I just didn't have a lot of time to cook. Uh, and I wanted to get the most bang for my buck. So I looked into it. I'm like, well, like all told, what's the most nutritious food I can base my diet around? Turns out it's eggs. I mean, Eggs and red meat pretty much got you covered as far as protein sources. If you just ate a lot of eggs and a decent amount of red meat, you'd be fine. I mean, fish was, fish is nice to have, but not everybody has access to a good variety of that. Um, but yeah, eggs and red meat, that's, that's been an absolute game changer for me. I just as an experiment, I think it was PD Mangan a long time ago, like three years ago on, on Twitter, maybe more PD Mangan posted, a. Uh, it was a story about a, an 80 something year old man who had been for, tw I don't know, 20 years or something. He'd been living on basically an all egg diet. Uh, he ate 25 eggs a day or something. And that was basically most of what he ate. And here he was like 
he'd been doing this for decades and he was over, he's now exceeded the life expectancy and he's been living on just eggs for decades. And he was like, well, if they're so unhealthy, right, this guy ought to be, he's, he ought to be in trouble. And instead he actually is quite good health markers. Um, and that's, and he has no variety in his diet. He just eats eggs. So I took that and I thought, okay, I'm going to try something. I have all these, I have all these hens. Cause this was the first year that I had my own hens. And I'm like, I have all these hens. So, you know, and I, and I'm trying to build muscle eating, you know, at the time, 3,500 calories a day or whatever. I'm like, I'm just going to see how much of it I can make come from eggs. <laughs> and so I ate 12 to 18 eggs most days every day for two years. And for, for about two months there, I was up to eating like 21, 22 eggs on an average day. I felt great. Absolutely. At first I felt fantastic compared to how I used to feel. I would recommend everyone who can tolerate eggs, try eating like a dozen a day for a couple of weeks. Just see what happens. A lot of times uh, people might be surprised how much better they feel. They're getting top quality protein, right? Bioavailability on egg protein is a hundred out of a hundred. Um, and you get, you know, vitamin K and selenium and all those things that most people struggle to get enough of in their diet. And I think after a few weeks or a month of doing that, deficiencies get overcome and you just, you might be surprised how much better you feel. If, if somebody's looking for a way to improve their protein intake and their general nutrition, it's a really, really simple hack. Just eat more eggs. Vitamin D as well um, is often in eggs and not in huge quantities. It's, you know, for the, for the amount of eggs that most people eat, but if you're eating a lot of eggs, you're going to be getting enough of that. Um, which is one that a lot of people are very are very deficient in, and that can result in uh, quite a lot of different um, negative health consequences, um, which is quite easy to turn around once you're getting the proper nutrition. And uh, digestible eggs, sources are hard to come by too. Like it doesn't yeah. doesn't come in a lot of food. Um, and if you like me, you live in a wintry climate, right? You don't get sun half the year. I mean that I, that was definitely a part of it. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say about eggs um, was, yes, um, eat, eat, eat the whole egg. Um, and people, and including me in the past, were reluctant to do that because um, of the um, fat content of the yolk, yep. um, which one, on one hand, some people think eating too much fat in your diet is a bad thing. I don't believe that. Um, but on the other hand, if you're just trying to keep your calories below a certain amount, um, you know, the obvious place to cut, uh, get a lot of that back without really, um, without really affecting the amount of protein you're consuming that much is to not eat the yolk. Um, but, um, what I've found is eggs are so filling that, um, for the same amount of calories of something else, you'd be hungry again sooner and then you'd eat something else anyway. Um, so I used to eat a bowl of porridge or oatmeal, as I think Americans call it, um, for breakfast every day and then have a protein shake. Um, so my, my porridge would only be made with water and I wouldn't add anything else to it. Um, and I'd have like 100 grams of that. It's like 300 or 350 calories. It's really boring, um, really not tasty, but it, it kept me quite full. And then I'd add, add like a protein shake to, bring, to give me like 45 grams of protein as well. I can get that same... Um, amount of protein from eggs um, 
you know, about six of them, um, and the same amount of calories, but I'll be fuller for much longer than the eggs. Um, whereas starting the day with the porridge, I found myself hungry again. But you know, even though it is actually quite filling to eat a big bowl of porridge, I'd still find myself hungry again sooner and probably eat more calories throughout the whole day than if I was more sticking to the eggs. Yep. And you won on the nutrition comparison too. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. there's almost, there's no real outside of the protein content. There's no real nutrition in, in oatmeal and, and whey protein. Uh, certainly nothing that stacks up to a half dozen eggs. And I mean, that's a big part of it. Like people, a lot of this is just about strategy, right? It's like, okay, so you're going to have to buckle down and eat healthy. How do you make that as comfortable as possible? Especially if it's for fat loss, you don't want to be hungry, right? You want to avoid those periods of being hungry as much as possible. So eat filling foods with high nutrition because uh, uh, a big part of what makes people hungry is being undernourished. I think a lot of people don't realize that. You're, part of the reason you feel so hungry is because you eat nutrition void food. And so your body just tell your body's like, well, we obviously haven't eaten, right? Like you're, somewhere in your brain, something is saying, well, we didn't get the nutrition that we need, so we just got to keep eating. And I think it's a big part of why people are, are overweight, right? You eat trashy food and, and there's nothing in it. There's nothing that, that actually nourishes the body. So, or very, very little. So then you just, like, you just have to eat so much of it. To actually get those essential things just empty calories uh, more energy uh, but no nutrition and that energy just gets stored um for an emergency which never comes <laughs> yeah well yeah and or when it finally does come uh you've you spent so long storing uh for for an emergency <laughs> that you have no other emergency capabilities <laughs> right what, what an irony that is uh, i never thought about that before um, right yeah you've, you've stored all this energy so you can survive and then you're so unhealthy that you're the first to die yeah you're you're food for the uh, other survivors uh <laughs> but yeah i mean so eat, eat your egg yolks absolutely and if you're worried about calorie count my suggestion would be um eat a reasonable amount of the whole eggs and then supplement with egg whites egg whites are cheap yeah. they're low calorie and the protein is you know, A1 proteins, top, top tier. I, um, I often make these days cause I'm on a, like a slow leaning, uh, I'll, I'll make, you know, uh, four to six eggs and then I'll add 12 to 18 egg whites as my breakfast. And then I just, you know, I just, I either make it as scrambled eggs with a little bit of cheese or, um, or I'll just make like over easy eggs with extra egg whites. And then break the yolks up all over because then you spread that flavor around, still tastes really good. And then just put some hot sauce on it. It's, it's you know, really low calorie relative to how filling it is. It's really nutritious. It's simple. And uh, I, I never really get sick of that. So it seems to work for me. I know that's probably not for everybody, but certainly even a couple of days a week, it might be a hack that would help people cut back on those calories and, and do a little better overall. It was um it was really annoying when lockdown started because I, I wanted to eat um loads of eggs because it's, well I was doing that anyway um and then lockdown started and um every, I don't know about oh yeah I think it was worldwide you guys had it as well mm -hmm. everyone was panic buying um and eggs was a major thing that we got panic for especially here um, and you were limited to three items or three three of each item so I could only buy three at a time um, 
And of course, all the large boxes were all gone. So three small boxes of eggs was just six at a time. And I was going through that in a day, so having to go to the shop every day to get more eggs um, or just not eat them. Um, but what people were actually doing over here was they weren't eating them, like just eating eggs to have them for breakfast. They were baking. So yeah. everyone was uh, at home and unable to go anywhere. You know, we're bored. We're stuck indoors. What should we do? We'll bake. So people were baking cakes because all the flour was gone as well. You couldn't buy flour either. Um, so yeah, that was quite annoying. Um, but um, I actually am not very, I, I didn't realize how to cook an egg um, until recently either. Like all my fried eggs would get stuck to the pan um, and was cooking them too hot, way too hot. Impatient. Yep. Just got to lower the heat. Um, it's embarrassing how recently I've learned that actually. Yep. You either got to lower the heat. Well, I mean, you can cook it. It's going to depend a lot, but I find that even up to medium heat's okay. If you've got a good non-stick pan, uh, higher heat's good. If you're going to baste them, that's the, one of the best times to do hot, higher heat in my view, because you don't have to be able to flip them and it, it's okay if they don't really come loose until late in the cooking process. So that works out okay. But uh, yeah, lower heat for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, to some degree, that's true of a lot of foods. Like uh, you were talking about people burning stuff on their barbecue. A lot of that's just about, they just crank that heat and just throw it on there. And, you know, we want to be sure it's cooked. It's like, well, yeah, when it's black on the outside, it's cooked. Like, <laughs> and the pink in the middle, the chicken, which yeah. is never good. Um, yeah, people just use too much fuel. I've made that mistake though, um, and then I, I learned the proper way. So, if anyone's barbecuing with charcoal, what's um, a really good way, a good, a good thing to do, which any any experienced barbecuer will know, um, is don't cover the entire barbecue with with coals. Leave an area which has nothing, um, and then you can put food there when you have a flare up, um, and which is usually caused by sausages, the fat dripping down onto the coals. Move food over there where there's no fuel directly underneath. Uh, and if you're cooking anything which would you would normally cook in an oven, um, like chicken thighs or something, um, or something larger like a, you know a joint of beef or whatever, that's where you want to cook it over the in over the empty area. And then when you close the lid, you've created an oven, um, so the hot air circulates around and doesn't cook it directly, um, and that will actually cook evenly. So that's the way to cook a joint of meat on a barbecue. That was good information. You probably saved a lot of people some burnt meat. This wow. I mean, I guess it depends how many people watch this, but that that's valuable. I don't cook with charcoal, so it's been so long since I've even considered it. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Um, we have a like we have a gas range hooked up outside to the house, so that's really handy. Uh, it's a big, big one, but you got to have a lot of space. Um, turn off one of the burners and that's where you would obviously you're not going to get flare-ups so that's no problem but if you turn off one of the burners you can cook a joint of meat there if you can close the barbecue yeah yeah no that's definitely a, a big key you don't you don't need all like it'll have four or five burners you don't need all five burners running um if it's if it's a cold enough day or whatever that you need five five burners to get enough uh enough heat to get to the temperature you want you're not gonna be outside barbecuing anyway yeah. Right, you're not going to be standing out in that. There's no way. So I've uh, ever had that problem where it's been too cold to barbecue. Oh, my barbecue doesn't see use half the year because it's you know, it's under snow. It'll be buried. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, how how different is that? It's weird to think like uh, I I just without thinking about it, I always think everybody lives the way I do. You know what I mean? 
you don't have to you have yeah, to really I, I can't imagine the way you live um i'd like yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure i'd like to experience it but um yeah we, we don't get extreme weather here just what we just if we get a little bit of snow that's extreme and everything will close down uh, but it's like probably what you would see in september or, or, or maybe october i don't know when it starts to snow there but whatever yeah. the smallest amount of snow you get is uh, well i mean it could snow in any month it like it, it occasionally occasionally get a little snow in july or august for part of a day wow. um but that's not common uh but october usually mid to late october is when you start getting your first few or even early october you might get the occasional snowfall and then it'll go back to a warmer temperature for a while and then snow some more but yeah uh I think everybody thinks the grass is greener somewhere else. I, me, I look at I uh, look at all my my uh, buddies in California, and I just think they haven't made <laughs> right. No more snow ever. <laughs> Count me in. They're having a, having a cooler week next week. Is it um, ninety five or something or ninety seven? <laughs> wow, that's just that's. I mean, it's probably going to get to about eh, about ninety degrees Fahrenheit here today, and it's uncomfortably hot. Like. We can't we're all we're hiding in our basement or in you know in rooms with air conditioners <laughs> to try to or if we're outside for a little while playing or whatever but uh trying to hide from the heat about half the day at 90 degrees i can't even imagine spending a week or more 95 or 100 degrees it's just how's the gym in that weather are you okay because um oh, yeah. some of the gyms i've worked out in when it's hot outside it's incredibly hot inside and it's just really horrible to work out in my gym's in my basement so it's in the coolest yeah. part of the house so uh you know i'm i'm used to that like in the in the in the winter i usually don't even sweat when i work out down here cuz it's cold like it's it's like an ice box which i actually like uh but it's not too bad right it's now i'm uh no not usually i usually get warm enough that i'm not cold but i i am not sweating either so i, I in the winter it's like I've seen people perfect I've seen people wearing hoodies to work out and i just can't understand how they can do it it, it looks so uncomfortably hot to me um but i guess one thing I, I, I was kind of thinking about there was um how you set up systems to keep yourself on track when working out isn't really that appealing um you know i know there can be circumstances where it's kind of not really the top of the list of things you want to do um like it's pretty hot right now in the uk um and the gyms are open again but before they were the idea of working out in my living room when when it's you know 33 degrees outside i'm sorry 33 degrees is i don't know some, somewhere in the 90s um, fahrenheit um it's just not much fun um it's all sweaty there's no air, we don't have air conditioning just a crappy fan um how do you motivate yourself to do workouts when the motivation isn't there you know like for me i just structure it in a way like for example i don't like working out first thing in the morning i'll do it if i have to if that's the only time i can make that workout then i'll do it i'll get up at 4 30 in the morning if that's what i gotta do but all things equal i hate that i'm not a morning person i don't feel my best for an hour or so after i get up and i don't like to get up that early in the first place i'm more of a night owl uh i find my energy peaks midday so i try to structure my life such that i can train midday as much as possible so i try to do two of the four days on the weekend then i i have you know much more ability to do things on my own time um 
And then during the week, uh, I usually pick, I pick the days of the week that uh, tend in the rhythm of our lives to be the least chaotic to do my other two workouts. Then I can count on them going according to plan most of the time. Uh, I, I hesitate to say that it always works out, but I, I think that's, that's the key is like, know your routine for, for that aspect of it. Anyway, know your routine and then fit your training. If you're a parent or, you know, you've got a busy professional life or whatever, you need to fit it into your life and not the other way around, because obviously that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, and if you don't have a plan to do that, you're what that's when people find oh it's been two or three weeks since i've managed to make it into the gym it's like well of course because you're hoping it's going to magically be really easy and convenient on any given day when you get up and then life isn't going to let that happen so kind of need to carve it out carefully and then that's a little bit easier if it was super super hot if i live someplace super hot i would go first thing in the morning before the day got before the day got really really hot if i knew that that was going to stop me yeah um, I agree with that um, because by the time it cools down at night, it's quite late. Um, you know, the heat can usually stick around. Um, but I agree with what you're saying about carving out the time. So um, what used to happen to me was um, when I was at work in, in the city and, you know, going in every day, if I was planning to go to the gym after work, that would often not happen um, because motivation and willpower kind of depletes throughout the day um, the more times you exercise your willpower for something or the more times you um, do something you don't want to do or you say no to something that you do want to do kind of depletes that resource and then by the end of the day that resource is all gone um, and you know that thing that you planned on doing doesn't happen anymore um, you know you, you kind of just want to go home and sit on the couch and watch netflix um, so i found going first thing in the morning was was um, best for that or in the middle of the day if possible um, and then fewer things can come up to derail the day um, and you get it out of the way whilst motivation is still high um, so yeah that's, a, that's quite a big hack doesn't sound like that big a deal but it makes a huge difference um, and if you can you know if you can keep keep going to the gym and you, you make it in there three out of four times that you planned rather than one out of four times that you planned and, you know, and this happens multiple weeks that's, that makes a big difference um oh for you know, sure and you're only gonna um skip a few weeks and then when you when you come back after that few weeks you know you, you can be back where you were two or three weeks ago again um you know you only got a limited amount of time before you, your body starts adapting back to what it was before um, you progressed a little bit more so, you know, you pr progress your workouts, your body adapts to that, but it doesn't stay at that, at that new level, you know, forever. You've got to keep pushing on. Um, yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's probably one of the absolute biggest places people are falling down on this, is that they, they're hoping that it's going to be, that they're going to feel pumped to go. They're counting on motivation. They're going to wake up on any given day just ready and raring to go and that they're life schedule is gonna is is gonna just like part like the great sea and make time for the gym and and that's just not gonna happen especially you know especially if you're a parent with small children i mean you can't count on that you're gonna have a good night's sleep you can't count the count on having an energy level that's high 
you can't count on the weekend working itself out. Like if you're, if you're always waiting till a future time to get things done or to get things started, especially something as fundamental as, as your physical training, it's just not going to happen. At the end of the day, what's going to happen is starting on Monday is going to turn into starting on Monday in October. Right. Um, I think that that's, that's the, probably the biggest place people fall down is they, they don't set themselves up for success. They don't, they don't say, okay, I'm going to schedule this now. I'm working out Tuesday. I'm doing it on my lunch hour. I'm doing it again on Thursday, also on my lunch hour. And on the weekend, I'm going to get up before my kids get up and I'm going to get it out of the way Saturday and Sunday. And the rest of the days are going to be rest days. Now, now I know I have a schedule and it, and it works, right? Um, and if something comes up in one of those days, like you said, gets lost, all is not lost. Three three quarters compliance is a lot better than zero, um, and three quarters compliance is probably enough anyway because we both know that if somebody were hitting it hard one or two times a week consistently, they would still probably make progress. Most people would still make progress. So, yeah, that's definitely for me. That's a huge part of it. I think uh, the willpower, the willpower piece, is also huge, right? You like you said, you only have so much. You, you're not going to overcome all your temptations or force yourself to go through um, all the all the steps between here and an end goal if everything involved in it requires you to overcome your you know a deep amount of uh, reticence to do so. So make it as enjoyable as possible. Eliminate as many obstacles between you and the thing you want. So that the few things that you have to really power through, you can just dig into that limited well of of willpower and make it happen. Yeah, definitely. And I find that if I'm really drawing on my willpower reserves for for a while, if I'm um, really you know like focused and I'm hitting all my workouts, I'm you know really on point with nutrition, and I'm also also you know the Twitter stuff I do. Um, in terms of scheduling tweets for the day and also emails and creating other content like um, paid products and stuff. When I'm really dialed in on all that stuff, I can only keep it up for a few weeks and then it all goes in the opposite direction. Um, everything all at once will reverse and suddenly I can't, I can't keep any of those plates spinning. Um, and it's because I've over, I've overexerted my willpower resources. Um, and yep. There's always a snapback. It's kind of the same thing with dieting. If you go too hard, you end up um, you end up putting the weight back on again um, and having a few crazy mad binges, uh, which I've done as well. I've done that before. Um, so yeah, uh, willpower is is a difficult thing, um, and it's it's a bit of a game managing it. Yeah, everybody talks about how motivation, uh, motivation, and 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 really what they mean is at like drive, right? Um, willpower, motivation, drive, those all come from the same place that, that internal, um, impetus to just do stuff that, that that, that encouraging feeling that you get, that you, I just want to, or I just can do this thing today. Everybody talks about how that's fleeting and you got to rely on discipline. And this is what we mean by it. We mean, have a plan, um, and, and direct discipline is directing willpower or motivation in a targeted way to the most important things. I think a lot of people miss that piece. They think 
oh, I'll just, I'll just have discipline for everything. It's like, well, no, you won't because, <laughs> or not right away. You got to stack those habits. You got to, you got to make some stuff take almost no willpower to follow through with anymore before you can move on to the next piece. And uh, it, it takes as long as it takes. A lot of times people just want to try to bite off everything all at once, right? Instead of just, instead of biting off what they can chew, they're just like, going after all these different priorities at the same time. I'm going to, I'm going to cut fat while I build muscle and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to build my new business and I'm going to be the super dad and I'm going to kill it at work. And it's like, well, you know, there's a reason that there's a reason that none of the Nobel prize winners are also uh, world-class athletes and uh, TV personalities. Right, it's because you can't do all those things at the same time at a high level. There's there's um a saying about there's several different areas of your life. Um, one is health, one is relationships, one is money, um, one is career. Um, I'm not sure if, if there are any more. I think there are more. Um, but you can only really be really dialed in on say like two at once, um, and the others will kind of just all be average, um, or below average. If you try to, you you can't physically do it you can't be excelling in all of those things at the same time uh, you have to pick something to focus on and i found that to be very true um it's really diff i can think of different times when i've been more focused on one of those different areas and the other ones have always been less of a focus and kind of just ticking along just coasting yep. that that kind of illustrates the point though about the about the balls you can only juggle so many and and once you get to too many of them something's going to drop and maybe maybe be um, maybe be unsalvageable. So balance is important. <laughs> yeah. Or at least it's important if you you know if you want to be one of those people that that kind of has it all. You're gonna have to gonna have to accept that you can't build any you can't build everything up at the same time. And I think it takes um, a very rare type of person who will be pushing one of those areas 100% and not letting something be, else be critical because like that like that example you you shared um, you know the focusing on the bodybuilding contest was such a priority that everything else went to shit and um, the only people who can um, maybe get to that level where they are so in such a good condition that they will win or you know be one of the top front runners those are the kind of people that will let the other stuff drop because of the of how much importance they place on on the contest. You need you need to be at that level to beat them. Um, so, you know these people do it. They do it for their job. They they don't have much else in their life. Right. Yeah. It's their job. It's their passion. It's it's their everything. Right. I, I and people and that's people should not compare themselves to that. I say this a lot because um, I think a lot of people are discouraged about things like starting to lift weights, for instance, because they see they see the guys on the magazine covers and they think, well, I'll never be able to get there. Nobody needs to get there, right? If, if, you're, if your mission in life is not to stand on a stage and be the number one bodybuilder of all time, you don't have to compete with that. Um, just be the best be the best you that you can be yeah, reap all the other good benefits that come along with it the good health the you know the emotional 
centering that comes from uh, doing hard training and and using your body the way it was intended to be used. Um, you know, the, the health and longevity benefit. Get those things. Um, just because you won't look like a you won't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't mean you shouldn't lift weights. I think I think that's a that's a a real problem people have is they they want to compare they want to compare themselves to people who have uh, pursued that with every fiber of their being who had the, all the inherent advantages to be the best of the best and that's just it's just I mean it's not helping anybody to do that. That's yeah. not you a comparison you need to make. Person's life is structured. You don't see how um, everything in their life is centered around them looking like that, um, and they won't have the other things that you have um, necessarily. You know, they they can't have your career, they can't have your relationships, um, they can't have your hobbies because everything is focused on being in that that shape. Which I, I was going to say top physical shape, but it's not this arguably not because um they probably would be healthier with a bit more fat on them but um anyway yeah well and they can't go to a family barbecue and eat yeah. the food right it's off plan they can't uh can't have a donut ever because it's off plan and if they do like you know they're probably probably pretty unsettled by by that um yeah i i think uh it's really important to have healthy expectations about where you're headed with this whole thing. And, and also to realize that, you know, oh, that stuff isn't real. You've talked about this on photo shoots. Like you, you, you've talked about photo, photo shoots, how you look on a fitness photo shoot on the best picture of the 200 pictures for that 10 seconds. That's not how anybody looks in the real world walking around yeah. day to day. And I, I got into, um, I think I've spoken about this before, but I, I got to a level which is maybe a bit hypocritical um, for, my, for my, um, my social media pictures, um, but helpful for boost, boosting my follow account. Um, but I wasn't strong by my own standards or healthy necessarily and didn't have a good relationship with food. Um, I can remember being in the gym that day um with a photographer following me around and i was like get a picture of me deadlifting um and i went over to the i went over to the platform to put weights on i was like okay i'm just gonna warm up um and then i got to 140 kilograms which is 315 pounds which is like still comfortable warm-up weights for me um and i was like, oh, this, this feels a bit heavy uh, because i hadn't deadlifted in a while um i'm not sure why at that point but um I think I just kind of stopped deadlifting as I was getting leaner um, because it was starting to feel harder. So subconsciously I was doing it less often. Um, and then I was like, right, I'm going to put on four plates now, which is, you know, 180 kilograms um, for 405 pounds. And my best with that weight is 11 reps. Um, and I couldn't get it off the ground on that day. Um, and it was really embarrassing, um, especially as everyone, this, the gym was open and people were working out. Um, and everyone's kind of like watching me. <laughs> it's like, who's this guy with a camera following around? And then he goes to the deadlift four plates, which is like in a, in a commercial gym, that's semi-impressive. Um, like you see people doing that every so often. If, if someone's doing, if someone puts four plates on the bar 
people will usually turn around and have, have a uh, just glance and just see what you do with it um, and how well you lift it. And I couldn't lift it, which was yeah crazy <laughs> considering considering what I would I would normally lift that easily. But yeah, that, so just to show you that being in that condition isn't necessarily a good thing, even though it looks good. Um, yeah, I'll show no go. Also, yeah, also um, like you said. Um, you it's you get the best pictures out of out of 500 um and you don't look good most of the time especially with clothes on um, and i used to get like a real skeletal look to my face like gone um didn't look healthy and yeah look, looking really small in clothes as well but yeah yeah it's it's important people know that i think because yeah Media, like movies, especially movies these days, all the all the actors get like, you know, all the action movies and all the like superhero movies and all that stuff. They all get super, super uh, shredded up and stuff. And it's like they they train for months and months and they take drugs <laughs> and they get you know really really lean. Like on one day of the movie shoot for the key scenes. And that's not like they don't even look like that like, for any length of time. So I think uh, I think people need to they need to it's hear that more often. Well. Yeah, it's an, it's an illusion. Yeah, they they're shot from all the best angles, the best lighting. You know, the the people that are taking those those moments of film are uh, you know highly paid cameramen, right? They're the best. Yeah in the world and what they do uh and so everything about it is shot to make them look as impressive as possible and so if you compare what you see when you get up in the morning in the mirror to that you're you're going to be doing yourself a giant disservice and then after the uh the, the shooting is over for the, for the movie um the actor puts on another 15 20 pounds of fat and suddenly that optical illusion disappears the waist gets wider again um, you don't have the, the v taper anymore um the definition of the muscles disappears and they just look like normal guys again <laughs> yep it's funny when you when you're very lean you look you look bigger uh, but you're w way smaller yep. but yeah and, and like you said you disappear in clothes uh we're gonna put a link down below to rob's recipe book because uh, i personally think it's an excellent value uh for the money that it costs and if you're looking to lean out or to build muscle he's got a whole bunch of tasty recipes they're family friendly my kids will eat several of them and they're uh, one of my children is legendary in their pickiness so that says volumes about how valuable it'll be to you um and if you only liked two or three of the recipes it'd be well worth the money but i suspect you'll actually find a lot more value in it than that so the link will be down below and Rob, did you want to say anything about your recipe book? Yeah, um, thanks, Jane. Um, I've um, kind of been using these, figuring out these recipes over the last few years, um, just trying to find nicer ways to hit my macros. Um, and they are all high protein, all taste good. And there's a focus on like real food, not much processed or not really any processed ingredients in these. So yeah, uh, check it out. And um, you can get some free recipes as well. Um, you'll probably see them tagged underneath a few of my tweets. There's like a link to download some free recipes. Um, I can put the link for that as well.